Hello, my name is Tam and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Dotricia. Welcome back to another empowering, powerful episode of I Am Voice Podcast. Today, we have an extraordinary guest with us, Leticia, who will be sharing her incredible journey of becoming a mother for the first time in her 40s mm. and the obstacles she faced on her path to motherhood. Welcome, Welcome Leticia. Come and let me speak to your mind. Each and every crane in your line. Press play, miss something, rewind. Reality is there's no time. No time to waste. Got on my game face with my Nelly Band-Aid. Living in the last days is game day. Uncovering unpopular truths from a Christian perspective. Whether you're facing challenges, seeking guidance, or simply longing for encouragement, we're here to remind you that you are not alone. So let's get into the podcast. Letitia, your journey is truly inspiring. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us when you first knew you wanted to be a mother and why. So um, after um, college and graduate school, I decided, you know, I've been in school all of my life. I've traveled all around the world. Now I just want to get married and have children. And so... um, God blessed me to be able to get married. And um, at that point, we both decided that we wanted to have children. Okay. You ended up giving birth to your first baby at 40 years old. Was there a time that you felt discouraged that you would never become a mother? Yes. So when um, we were trying to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. um, but I was not conceiving, and so we did become a bit discouraged at that point. Um, so I spoke to my OBGYN, mm-hmm. who then referred us to a specialist. But let me mm-hmm. ask you this, Letitia. I know once you started your journey, you began to have difficulties. But, you know, being a woman that's 40 years old or coming into your 40s, sometimes it can be taboo to have a baby that late in life. Like, did you ever feel on your journey that, man, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to have a baby? Did you ever have those moments of doubt? Oh, yes. So I was, um, after I graduated, um, people, the people in my life started trying to introduce me Mm -hmm. to, um, various men. They Mm -hmm. were setting us, me up on different dates. And, um, at that time I did become discouraged because, I was like, I'm never going to meet anybody that's compatible. Mm. So um, I, I even asked my friends, please just stop. Because <laughs> you didn't like any of the men? You didn't... It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It was um, So I decided um, at that point mm-hmm. um, that I just needed a, a break mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. And then it was um, through the time when I started... Um, desiring again Mm. to meet someone that I ended up meeting my husband. Wow. So fast forward, you're married and you're ready to start your family. How long do you think that you had been trying to conceive when you realized "Mm, maybe there's some issues here? Maybe there's some medical issues here that that's happening. So we had been trying for about three months, mm-hmm. and I met with my OBGYN, and she was um, she decided to refer us over to a specialist because of my age. Mm. She said normally she will wait about six months to a year, but because of my age, she sent me over to a specialist. Okay. And what did the specialist um, tell you? What 
medical recommendations or diagnosis that they give you? So they did a procedure where they tried to inject some fluid up inside of my um, fallopian tubes, okay. but it wouldn't inject. It wouldn't even go in. Mm. So um, they ended up having another specialist come into the room, mm-hmm. and he tried, and nothing happened. So they ran some, um, they could see at that time, mm-hmm. you know, they had the ultrasound and everything set up, that there were fallopian tubes, um, my, that my um, fallopian tubes mm-hmm. were actually blocked by a, um, a huge fibroid. And I had Uh several others, and the fallopian tubes had been closed and damaged. Mm. So they were completely closed and damaged. Wow. So, how did you feel after getting those like results and recommendation? And what did you ultimately decide to do? So, um, after they did the procedure, they scheduled an appointment for my husband and I to come back in. And speak with the um, the specialist. Mm-hmm. So when we went back in to um, consult with him regarding mm-hmm. that procedure, we were advised that um, they had to do a surgery to remove mm-hmm. the fibroids and um, try to open up the fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, he told us that the fallopian tubes were so damaged that... Um, there was a 0% chance that I could get pregnant without the surgery. And I think zero. you told me 0.0, right? Zero. Dot zero. No, my He's... husband ended up wow. saying, so how can you say there's a 0% mm-hmm. chance? There's always a chance. Yeah, right. And that's when he told, responded to him and said, well, from my experience and my expertise, there is a 0.00% chance that she could get pregnant without this surgery. Wow. And it's very unlikely that she will be able to get pregnant even with IVF. Mm-hmm. So they told us to consider alternate means of conceiving, mm-hmm. which um, he stated um, surrogacy or adoption. Okay. Of, so what did you, know, you guys ultimately decide to go to with? Do. Yeah. So we scheduled our, our surgery for around February 23rd. Mm-hmm. And um, that date that we met with the doctor was, like, December 8th. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were just waiting for the surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. So you the, guys decided to move forward with the surgery. Correct. Right. So um, when I went to my primary care physician for follow-up for some um, other medical mm-hmm. issues, um, at that time I... Um, was checking into the front desk and I asked them if I could get one of the little cups, you know, the urine cups mm-hmm. and they provided it to me and they told me to just take it back with me um, when they called me back. So when they called me back, my doctor came in and I had the cup. And so, um, well, first off the, um, her assistant mm-hmm. came in. So the medical assistant came in and I had the cup. So she took it out to do the testing and that's when the um, primary care doctor came in and said, I see you gave my assistant urine, mm. you know, um, what's going on? And I told her that my my period was a week late mm-hmm. and I'm never late. Mm-hmm. And so I asked if they could do a pregnancy test. And she said, mm. well, I don't think that's really needed. 
um, because of what the specialist said and a week. I mean, it's too early mm-hmm. to, to know if you're pregnant. And I said, can you please just do the test? I mean, I'm never late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, I'll just have her do the test. Well, I was sitting in there for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, now, I must be pregnant because it shouldn't take this long. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. that's when the um, medical assistant stuck her head in the door and she said, the doctor will be in shortly. Mm. I said, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. I mm-hmm. just couldn't even believe it. I said, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then the doctor came in and I said, am I pregnant? Mm-hmm. She said, well, we can't confirm anything until mm-hmm. we do blood work. Mm-hmm. And um, and she said it would take 48 hours to get the results. Well, the mm-hmm. next day, I went in and checked my patient portal and I was pregnant. My God. Wow. Praise God. Wow. So can you tell that us? that was like, in January. <laughs> can you tell us? What did you feel that mm-hmm. moment you found out? Because basically they told you there was a 0.0% chance you was going to have a baby without this surgery. And there was a slim chance you was going to have one with it. So, like, what? how did you feel in that moment? Mm-hmm. I was just so amazed. I was thanking God so much because I knew he was a miracle worker. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. already did so many things in my life personally that— um, I trusted, I was able to trust him um, through the process, even though there were discouraging times. But I sat there in just amazement because, you know, even though you're trusting God, you're still like, is this God's will for me? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. God's will for me. So you still have that tug of war. Right. But when they said, when, you know, I, I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I cannot even believe this. It mm-hmm. was just so amazing mm-hmm. to me. I immediately called my husband. I was at work. I mm-hmm. called him and I was, you know, I had my own office. So I was in the office like, I can't believe this. I was mm-hmm. crying and crying. Mm-hmm. And he was at work and he was crying mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, um, how did your faith play a role in um, this this journey, this experience? Um were there scriptures you stood on, um, yes. books that you read? Yes. So um, during the time when I was believing God, um, well, after the the surgeon, the specialist mm-hmm. gave us the bad news, mm-hmm. um, I would wake up in the middle of the night crying, and um, it was very, very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And my husband, he would... Um, I would wake him up, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there crying. Mm-hmm. And so he would pray with me. He would. He kept telling me, just trust God. Okay. You know, man could say anything. What was um, impossible yeah. for man is possible for God. So we have to just trust God. And then he would pray for me. Mm-hmm. And it happened several nights that I would wake up just crying because I was trying to have the faith. I was trying mm-hmm. to trust God. Mm-hmm. And I know God can do anything, Mm -hmm. but it was like, is this God's will for Mm -hmm. me? So one scripture that I stood on was 1 Samuel chapter 1 Mm -hmm. and verse 27. I asked the Lord to give me this child, Mm -hmm. and he has granted my request. My God. And I believe that God would grant my request Mm -hmm. like he did, Hannah. I believe he would Mm -hmm. grant my request as well. And another scripture, I have three that I will mention, Mm -hmm. is Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. 
For the word of God would never fail, mm. will never fail. And lastly, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Yes. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Mm. And I believe God that he would give me what I ask for. And the book that I really can't remember how I came across this book, but this book was amazing in helping me to have faith in God. And it's called Supernatural Childbirth by Jackie Mize. Mm -hmm. And she had multiple miscarriages mm -hmm. and how God blessed her to um, be able to get pregnant. And she talks about her journey as well as other women journey mm -hmm. with um getting pregnant and um through the pregnancy mm -hmm. um and the different challenges that some women may have but how we have faith in God on a variety of things regarding coming pregnant and during the pregnancy mm -hmm. right and then there's a complimentary book that she has called prayers and promises mm -hmm. for supernatural childbirth which lists a lot of scriptures mm -hmm. and prayers that I consistently prayed mm. verbatim and the the scriptures that I kept speaking out loud mm -hmm. all day I would speak these scriptures out loud in addition to fasting mm. okay. my husband and I both fasted okay. um a lot during this time wow so you 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 spoke a lot about you know the process and things like that. Were there any specific challenges or triumphs that you experienced during your time of pregnancy, from the time you conceived to your nine months? Like, give us a little bit of insight of how that was. Because again, you're forty years old, you're mm -hmm. having this baby. These people told you you weren't going to have a baby, so you're now pregnant. So, what were some of the challenges and what were the triumphs that you experienced? So the OB, the OBGYN referred me to a high-risk mm. um, pregnancy center, mm -hmm. and I was going there every two weeks. I had to go and get an ultrasound. Mm. Mm. So it was nice for me because I would meet other um, pregnant moms at mm -hmm. work and in the community, and many of them, they only received like one or two ultrasounds. But I was able to see my baby every two weeks. Ah. Mm. That should and have been nice. Yeah. Date so, with your baby every two weeks. <laughs> every two weeks. And so I would see her up on the screen, and we already knew what we were going to name her. Mm -hmm. And she was um, using the... Um, what was her name? Savannah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she she was, use, she was using the fibroids as pillows. <laughs> so I have the pictures, uh, the ultrasound pictures. She, um, in one picture... She was laying on the, the fibroid like it was a pillow. Mm -hmm. And in another picture, she had her feet propped up, crossed on the, the fibroids, <laughs> you know, just like chilling, uh -huh. you know. And um, she absolutely hated it when they woke her up. Mm. So we had to schedule a time mm. that she would normally be woke because if I came at like 2 o'clock to the doctor, mm -hmm. she would be sleeping. Mm -hmm. And when they would wake her up, she would you would see her just keep she would keep moving so they couldn't get good pictures of her. Mm -hmm. So um and you would see her lips poked out like just mm -hmm. like her dad. I mean, it was just amazing. Like 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how she would do it. And mm-hmm. it was just watching. We watched her grow mm. through the pregnancy. It was amazing. So it sounds like you had a pretty normal pregnancy. Yeah, so I didn't have any issues. My blood pressure was stabilized. And in the end, they kept having to check her her heart rate. Like, every other day I was at the high-risk doctor. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, strapping things on me to check her heart. and mm-hmm. and um, But she did really good throughout mm-hmm. the entire pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. I did really good. I mean, I just pretty much craved fruit. Mm. So my office looked like the Saturday morning fruit market, <laughs> literally. And then one mm. day I ran out of grapes and I was in the office and I had to tell my supervisor I needed to run mm-hmm. to Walmart to pick up some grapes mm. for me to make it the rest of the day. <laughs> so it was like I craved fruit a lot, um, mm. but in steak and potatoes. Mm. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what message do you hope to convey to others who might be facing similar challenges? To trust God. Mm-hmm. It can be, and that's easier said than done. When you're really, truly believing God, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a little difficult to trust him. But I can tell you, being in God's word mm-hmm. and being around people who just speak that positivity and mm-hmm. that faith to you can really help you in that journey. Mm. And don't look at the... Sometimes what we do is we look at others who may mm-hmm. we may have known in the past who it um, the promise never came to, and we may be like, well, what if that's me? Mm-hmm. Well, look at the people who the promise came yeah. to, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, look at them as your example because mm-hmm. that's what you're believing God for, mm-hmm. and continue to trust God and stay in His Word and read books that will in- inspire and mm-hmm. encourage you and um, Speak life. Mm-hmm. Speak yes. what you want. Yes. Right. So continue to speak the thing that you want. God, thank you for this baby mm-hmm. that you're blessing me to not only get pregnant with, but to carry full term mm-hmm. and and have a healthy delivery mm-hmm. and the baby will be healthy. Thank mm-hmm. you for this mm-hmm. healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And I continue to just con- speak life mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. my baby and speak things for my baby and mm-hmm research and read different things about um, the different stages of pregnancy. And and that really helped me in my mind because I knew that what I was believing God for was going to happen. Well, Letitia, your story has been amazing and such a beacon of light for so many people. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and using your voice to share with the people. As we come to the end of another empowering episode of I Am Voice podcast, we want to thank you, our incredible listeners, for joining us today. Your support, feedback, and engagement mean the world to us. Together, we are creating a community where voices are unleashed and lives are changed. Remember, your voice doesn't have to be perfect. It's the authenticity and realness behind your words that have the greatest impact. If you've been inspired by Letitia's story today, which I hope you have, please share. Remember to share. All of our links, all of our current and past episode links will be in the description box. So please check it out there. Remember, as you share, together we can make a difference. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of I Am Voice podcast. Bye. Bye.
bite all to the table, to the special label. Hey, listen up.